Do you want to know how to take photos on a tripod? You do? Great. Hi and welcome to episode 96 of the Photography Explained podcast. I'm your host Rick and in each episode I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes-ish without the irrelevant details. What I tell you is based on my lifetime of photographic experience and not Google. Now before I go on, if you have a question you would like me to answer, just go to photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Here is the answer a bit. To take photos on a tripod, you need to set up the tripod correctly, securely mount the camera on the tripod, select the right camera settings, compose the photo carefully, focus on the right bit, get the exposure right, activate the shutter remotely, sit back and wait. Yes, I need to explain that. Okay, so that is how to take a photo on a tripod. And here is the answer bit. Now, before I go on, I need to tell you that this is take two. I just recorded this entire episode, which is the longest one I have done so far, which was a surprise to me. And for some reason, I hit play by mistake and it started playing what sounded like I was recording something in a biscuit barrel. Turns out I plugged in my microphone, prepared my acoustic treatments, which is coats and stuff all around my microphone, believe it or not. But I've forgotten to select the microphone, so it was the microphone on my laptop about two metres away from me, and it was horrendous. I wish I kept it, actually, because I could have just, I don't know, posted some of that as a just as an example. So, right, sorry, let's get back to the subject in hand. Set the tripod up correctly. This is the logical starting point. Set the tripod up correctly. So what am I talking about here? Well, this is what I do when I finish the shoot. When I finish the shoot, I set the tripod head back to level in both planes, and that's the starting point for the next shoot. So if my tripod were to be set up on level ground, the head would be level, not in the last jointed position that I took the last photo with. And that makes me happy when I start the next shoot. And believe me, it can be a pain when you put your camera on a tripod and it's pointing down at the floor or something. So, um... Tripod head level. Next, fully extend the legs of the tripod and pull them out all the way. I mean, when I say pull them out, that's away from the centre column. So they're all equally out and equally long. And that is your firm base. That's your foundation. So you need to make sure the legs are locked properly, whatever the mechanism is, and check the high tripod head. I can't say tripod head. That's a concern on an episode about tripods, isn't it? And check that the tripod head is level in both planes. So the tripod with legs fully extended and pulled out in the state it was designed to be used in. Now, can you see that bit in the middle that goes up and down? That's called the centre column. If you use this, you're reducing the stability a bit, or potentially reducing the stability a bit. So use this if you need to, but beware, this is not as solid as with the centre column down. If you need to raise the centre column to get the composition, then do so, because it's better that you get the composition you need with caution than not get the composition you need. Now, it's my understanding from back in the day when I was learning this stuff that you never raise the centre column, but you can raise the centre column. You've just got to be careful, experiment, practice with these things and see if it works for you. OK, so the legs are open nice and tight. The tripod head is level. This is the tripod set up correctly. Next one, securely mount the camera on the tripod. Now, I'm going to go through my script and if I'm not happy that it made sense, I'll come back to this one. On the bottom of most cameras is a tripod thread. This is a screw thread that you attach a mounting plate to, which allows you to then secure the camera on the tripod. The mounting plate is the plate that comes with the tripod, which is removable. 
Now, I found this quite hard to explain in words, but if you pick up your camera and look on the bottom, you'll see a shiny silver threaded socket. That's the tripod mount. Now, on your tripod, there will be a mounting plate of some sort or other with a shiny threaded screw head sticking up, and this is what you screw into the bottom of your camera body. Not too tight now, but tight enough. Once you've attached it, you release the plate using the mechanism in the tripod head. The point here is that once you fix the mounting plate onto the camera, you can attach the camera to the tripod or take it off again without undoing the screw in the bottom of the camera. On my Manfrotto tripods, I have what are called quick release plates, and that's what they are, quick release plates. So you attach a mounting plate to the bottom of your camera, and that's the thing that you, the screw thread, the, the screw that you turn around, and it's got a little thingy on it to help you do it. And then you can quickly attach to the tripod using the quick release plate and quickly release again. That's the whole point of it. I think that makes sense, and I think I might have been overthinking that explanation, so um, let's stick with that, shall we? Yeah, why not? Select the right camera settings. Well, what am I talking about here? Well, we want the sharpest photos possible and also the highest quality. That's my priority on every photo I take. Sharpest, highest, sharpest photo, highest quality. So I need to go back to the exposure triangle briefly. So the first thing is to set the ISO nice and low. In theory, the lower the ISO, the higher the quality of the image. Or to put it another way... The higher the ISO, the higher the chance of a rubbish, noisy photo. I use ISO 100, which is the lowest ISO on my Canon 6D. Right, shutter. Well, the camera's nice and firmly sat on a solid tripod, so camera movement is much less of a concern. I say less, as there's still the potential for some movement, so we can't ignore the shutter speed completely. But I use AV mode, where I choose the aperture and the camera chooses the shutter speed. Now, we do have to, of course, think if what you're photographing is moving, you'll need to factor this into your shutter speed choice. But for me, it's not a problem as buildings tend not to move. Aperture. Well, I choose the aperture that will give me the highest quality and the correct depth of field. With my Canon 17 to 40 millimeter lens, this is f8 at 17 millimeters. And those are the settings that I use. Basically, I don't bother about the shutter speed. I set the ISO at 100, aperture at f8. And the shutter speed is what it is, because I'm photographing buildings. Next point, compose the photo carefully. Now, this might sound strange, but I love composing photos with my camera on a tripod. I find it so much easier, and I use the viewfinder and the LCD screen to get the composition bang on. Um, that's probably because I'm in my 50s now, and I need all the visual help I can get. So, um, I mean, this means I take less photos, and the photos I take are better, in my humble opinion. One last thing, check around the edges, see if things are creeping in that you don't want and get rid of them. Okay, so focus on the right bit. Now, the focus point will, will depend on the subject matter, the aperture using, and the focal length. If you get a depth of field table, or these days they're apps, aren't they, which are really great, you can quickly find out what aperture you need and where you need to focus. And you can do this really quick to get absolutely spot-on settings. But what is depth of field? Depth of field is the amount of a photo that is sharp from front to back. I'd call it depth of sharpness because depth of field makes no sense whatsoever, does it? Uh, focusing then. On most cameras, you can select where the camera focuses. My Canon 6D has got the focusing capabilities from the dark ages, but they work just fine for me. I think I've got 10 focus points I can select. That's all. One of the new Canon R series, it's got 4,600 and what have you, squillion, billion, gazillion focus points. But I've got 10 and I tend to find that I only need one at a time anyway. So maybe it's just because I'm an old git, I don't know. But here's a rule of thumb that will help you. 
Focus a third of the way in and see what happens. Now I know this works for me most of the time using a focal length of 17mm and an aperture of f8. So give it a try, find out what works for you. If you can simplify this so you focus a third in and you know you're going to get everything in focus, you're laughing. Get the exposure right. Well I'm using AV mode and I didn't write this in my script and I don't know why. And I'm using HDR. So this is sort of already done. But you have to think about the exposure and making sure you get this correct however you do it. Activate the shutter remotely. I used to use a remote release but now I use the self timer built into the camera. Okay so why do I do this? Well if I press the shutter release button there is a chance of me moving the camera and I do not want that. So activate the shutter without touching the camera or activate the shutter and wait 10 seconds and that's another source of movement eliminated. See I've already focused, press the shutter release button, the camera takes the meter reading and then 10 seconds later takes the photo so there's, there's no movement, the camera is sat absolutely still. Sit back and wait. I'm using a self-timer, so I've got 10 seconds to wait and the job's done. Okay, so what do I do? I take photos of my camera on a tripod whenever possible using ISO 100, F8 and AV mode and the self-timer built into my camera to activate the shutter. And breathe. The talky bit. Let's slow it down. I said this on the last episode and the one before that and I'll say it again here. Tack shot photos are the aim. This is why I use a tripod and also why many other photographers use tripods. It is to get the sharpest photos we can. So the things I've told you in this episode will all contribute to getting the sharpest possible photos. Again, I've said this before. A blurry photo is just a no-no. A blurry photo is no use to anyone. I mean, sure, you can get away with the odd one by calling it artistic, but that is that. Taking blurry photos is not a wise career choice for a photographer. When I import photos into Lightroom, I delete any blurry photos. Full stop. They don't get anything other than immediate deletion. I've never edited a blurry photo, apart from when I was learning and I thought, oh, I could make a blurry photo unblurry. You can't. People will say that you can, but it's not a, like I say, it's not a, a wise path to go down. I've never edited a blurry photo, apart from in those early days. I delete every photo that is blurry from a Lightroom catalogue immediately. And I have never issued a blurry photo to a client, ever. Never issued a blurry photo to a client. I've never posted a blurry photo. Blurry photos do not exist for me. I don't accept them and neither should you. But does this lot not take a lot of time? Not really. It takes time, yeah. But this is why practice is so important. Practice, practice, practice is so, so important. The number one way for you and me, not you and I, as I wrote, but word correct to me. The number one way for you and me to improve our... I can't even say it. I wrote the number one way for you and I to improve our photography is to go out more and take photos. And word corrected, it's the number one way for you and me. That doesn't sound right to me, but am I claiming to know more than Microsoft? Big shout, isn't it? Okay, sorry. So now you know what you need to do. You can go out and practice this. Time spent getting the best photo that you can has to be time well spent, surely, because getting the photo is everything. Because the better the photo, the better the image capture, sorry, the better the photo you're going to get. You take an average photo and, and you're not going to make it a great photo. Well, you might, but you know what I mean. Take the best photos you can. This is what photography is all about. It's not about manipulating and making them good after the event. Okay, so do all these things to get the sharpest, best composed photos that you can. And guess what? Your photography will definitely improve. And no, you don't have to use a tripod to take photos. It's just that I prefer to do so whenever I can. But it's up to you. Okay then, related episodes. Well, the last episode was, what are the advantages of using a tripod? Here are five from me. 
with hindsight, a very strange title for a podcast episode, but hey, it's out there now. And this was a logical follow-on to some recent episodes, which were Camera Shake, What Is It? and How Do I Stop It Happening? Also, how do you hold a camera properly? This is very important. And finally, how to take photos handheld, camera settings that work for sharp photos. So it suggests I just don't throw this stuff together and that I tell you how to take photos handheld as well as on a tripod. So to be fair to me, I'm not saying take every photo on a tripod. It's just that that's what I choose to do. Okay, next episode. Well, let's stick with tripod, shall we? Photography Explained podcast episode 97. Tripods explained. This will be the final word on tripods from me as I hurtle towards my 100th episode. Shout out to me and my new course. Find out more at rickmacavoyphotography.com forward slash courses. Well, if I can't promote myself here, where can I? It's my podcast after all. Okay, I'm done. Thanks for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. To find out more about my podcast and do stuff to help me, check out photographyexplainedpodcast.com forward slash start. Brought to you by, well, this episode was brought to you by me and lots of coffee. Okay. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again very much for listening and for giving me nearly 50 minutes of your valuable time. And I'll see you on the next episode. I think take two is much better. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, Straight Talking Advice for Beginners to Get You Making Money Quickly and Build a Career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmcavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.